Welcome to another edition of Conversation of the Heart. As always, it is your boy T-Till. Very, very special guest in the building, uh, Ernest James. Um, he is a podcaster, fellow podcaster, uh, speaker, author, minister, mentor um, of many things, right? Um, and we're going to get into all of that. But, you know, he is a father. And, um, you know, as I've said, I've, I've been wanting to do a show uh, celebrating men, celebrating fatherhood, um, doing this recording in the Father's Day month and um, highlighting some of the amazing men that are in the community. Uh, we do know the stigma around men. We do know what's being said about men and fathers. Um, I'd, I'd be lying if I said Father's Day was the most favorite holiday in the world. Um, it is not. Um, you know, it is a holiday to give uh, ties and shirts and and things like that and, and tool sets. But, uh, you know, I definitely wanted to, you know, have conversations surrounding fatherhood, manhood um, and so forth. So, you know, to be able to have this distinguished gentleman here with me today means a lot. I do appreciate you, sir. Um, and happy early Father's Day to you. I know we're a couple of days out, but happy Father's Day to, to you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me, man. Thank you for uh for being on and for doing this. You know, I I I've talked about fathers being a father all day long, you know. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, definitely I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. So so let let's start here. Um so for the people who don't know, who is Ernest James? Um Ernest James, uh at my core, I'm a person who loves people. Mm. You know, I'm a person who loves people and loves to help people however I can, you know, um, which kind of led me into the podcasting space, you know, and, and the things that I do, mentor, uh, mentor group and, and fatherless daughter advocate and all of, all of those things. Um, but at my core as a person, I'm, I'm, I'm just a, a person who loves people, you mm. know, any way that I can help. So I love to serve however I'm able to serve. And so that's what I do. Um, as a as a job, I, I'm a bricklayer <laughs> by trade, you know, uh, construction trades. Um, also entrepreneur, you know, like you said, fellow podcaster. Um, actually, my I have a po my first podcast has been on. We're getting close to a, a hundred episodes. You know, about to hit a hundred episodes soon. Um, but since this is the Father's Day month, I am actually launching a new Father's podcast. Uh, on Father's Day, right? Called Girl Dad Discussions, um, nice. which I am a girl dad. And so we talk to other girl dads and we probably gonna have some some daughters on talking about their relationship with their fathers. Um, but yeah, that's me. Uh, speaker, minister, you know, podcaster, all, all of those things. How have I, I can help, you know? Love it. And con congratulations on your second podcast. I'm sure, you know, I know it's going to be amazing. Uh, you know, especially being, you know, girl dad and having and having the girls on, having the children on is going to be a, re a really dope effect, too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So so definitely. So salute to you and best of luck um, on your new podcast. And everybody, please tune in this Father's Day um, if, if you can to the podcast um, and support your boy. Um, so I guess why not start here since since we're already here? Girl dad. Um, oh, yeah. So so. I want you to take me back um, to when you first found out that you were going to be a father. Um, everybody has different reactions, right? Um, excited, some shook, you know, like, oh, man, you know, nervous. Like, what was some of your first reactions when you were told that you were going to be a father? Yeah, yeah. So um, I was married at the time, so it mm -hmm. was planned. 
you know, we had got married, uh, got married young, 25, you know, mm -hmm. um, working. Um, my wife at the time was working. So we got married. We started off real fast, you know, um, and w was able to accomplish some things real fast, too. We had our first house. I had a truck. She had a car. I had a motorcycle, you know, the whole little little situation. We was doing all right, you know what I mean? Nice. And um, so we planned, we planned, you know, the child. And yeah, uh, I don't remember the exact day, you know, like mm -hmm. I said, it was planned. So it was yeah. a process, you know right. what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but um, uh, I do remember us having the conversation, you know, like, hey, mm -hmm. you know, it was what it was. You know, we did the little at home test and then it was like, mm -hmm. all right, now let's go to the hospital to, to be sure, sure. Mm -hmm. You know, and so that's mm -hmm. what we did. Uh, we found out later on that it was a girl. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, my daughter is my only biological child mm -hmm. that I have, but I'm also mm -hmm. a stepdad uh, of four, mm -hmm. four young men. The mm -hmm. youngest uh, just made 21 like two days ago. So Happy all birthday. of my kids are grown. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. So, uh, yeah, so that's that's how it started, man. We awesome. All the kids are grown. So you saw so you out here living life is, is what you're saying. <laughs> uh, uh, as much as they let me, because I, I got a new role now. So I, mm -hmm. I was a, a girl dad, but now I'm a girl granddad. I got two mm. granddaughters. Oh, that's you know, that's, my, that's beautiful. My two oldest uh, sons. Yeah. So you know, oh, so you spend a lot of money. Like I say, the, mar the marathon continues. Yeah, yeah, know, yeah. So you spend a lot of money. A little bit, but it's still it's yeah, still yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the marathon of money continues. Right. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> so I, I know you have four stepsons and we're going to get to that in just a moment but when it comes to raising a girl um what were some of the principles that you made sure that you instilled in your daughter um as she was growing up okay i'm, I'm glad you uh mentioned that um i actually wrote a, a ebook um because mm -hmm. i do have ebooks um and you can find them at ebooks by ejames.com mm -hmm. but one of my ebooks that i wrote is called the four core which is mm. the four core values that every daughter should get from her father. Mm. Right. And I actually wrote this book um, because one of the things that I, I realized about myself, which actually kind of led me into the podcast space. Um, I was in my second marriage. Right. Mm -hmm. And we were going through some, some ups and downs sort of in the marriage. And what I realized at the core of it, it was a difference in upbringing. So I was brought up in a two-parent household with my mom and my dad, mm -hmm. you know, and my wife at the time was brought up in a single mother household, mm -hmm. you know, and it was just her mother. And then her mother was a, uh, you know, fatherless daughter also. And so going through that process and realizing that I looked back on my, on my past and I realized that every woman I've ever dated was a fatherless daughter, you know, and so that kind of brought it to my attention and i would say either i'm attracted to them or they're attracted to me for whatever reason we kept connecting you might and be so that put it on on my mind what mm -hmm. can i do to help in this space mm -hmm. and so i drew from my experience uh as a son first of all because i have five sisters so watching that relationship with my dad and my sisters um, then also my relationship with the women that I dated and then being a father myself, um, I pulled from all those experiences and that's why I came up with the core four. So the core four values, um, uh, that every father should give to his daughter. One is love and affection. 
guidance, affirmation, and protection. Mm. Right. And so love and protection, uh, I mean loving, loving um I forgot what I guidance. Let me start from stop. Let's start with guidance, right? Mm -hmm. So guidance, guidance is not just right from wrong. You know what I mean? So you're mm -hmm. you're leading, you're guiding them, you know, teaching them how to make sound decisions, first of all, you know, and, and to how to make decisions outside of feelings, right? Based on facts, because women make a lot of decisions out of feelings. So like you got to be able to make rational decisions outside of your feelings because your feelings mm. change, you know? Mm -hmm. and so, but I would say the guidance is not just that and not just right or wrong, but sometimes it's better and best. Mm -hmm. So I talk about when my daughter came and mentioned to me, she wanted to buy her first car, you know, and she like, dad, I'm saving some my money. I want to have a good down payment and, and so forth and so on. And I said, well, that's good. But the better idea will be let's get your credit straight so you don't have to put a down payment down. You know what I mean? You come in there and put, just, put your name on the line and walk out with the car and your, and your money, mm -hmm. you know? So it's, it's those things, you know? So that's, that's guidance. So then we got love and affection, you know, which is your, your, you are the first example of, what a relationship or an interaction with a man looks like to your daughter, right? So you're the example of this is how you show love. Mm -hmm. This is how love makes you feel. This is how love, uh, you know, affirms you and builds you up. You know what I'm saying? And this is what it, how lo love is shown physically, you know, hugs and, and things like that. You know, you're that first example. And so you got love, love and affection. Then you got affirmation. Affirmation is big because a lot of times our daughters go through situations where, you know, uh, just as kids sometimes, but then, you know, other things as they get older, especially in their teenage years, you know, they need to be affirmed. They need to know, you know, because you get, they got their peers, then especially in this, in this uh, world of, of social media with all the images that is, is being pro uh, projected all the time and the messages that's being projected, you know, they're always trying to find themselves, you know, and so that's what we come with the affirmation to, I would say, to let them know what they should already know, you know, to affirm what you should already know about yourself. You know, you are beautiful. You are smart. You are intelligent. You know, all of those things. And that's where affirmation come in. And then when we talk about protection. I would say we already know, uh, especially as fathers, the physical protection, we already got that on lock, right? We always mm -hmm. think about the the scene in Bad Boys with Will Smith and, and Marvel, <laughs> you know, that whole classic. Thing. So we got, yeah, yeah. So we got we got the physical protection on lock. But I would say more so than protection, I say safety, right? She should feel mm -hmm. safe. Make mm -hmm. your, your daughter should be able to feel safe to be herself, feel safe to express herself, you know. Be feel safe to show up as who she is, because as she gets older, especially, you know, going to the workforce and things like that, there are going to be people who try to try to silence her. There's going to be people that, you know, is going to try to disvalue her voice or her opinion, mm -hmm. you know, and so she has to feel protected within herself, feel protected and safe to be able to say, no, this is how I feel. This is what I think. You know, this is what it is. You know, and so those are the four core again is guidance, love and protection, love and affection, mm -hmm. affirmation and protection. So those are the values that I still uh in my daughter and 
definitely, like I said, I wrote the the ebook for daughters and for fathers, you know, to know um, what it is that at, at its core, you know, there's other things on, on top of it, but at its core, you know, we want to add those values. I love that. I love it a lot. And I love that you wrote the book. Um, so we, so we can be helpful to a lot of fathers, especially new fathers, uh, you know, who, you know, are, are coming in like, I don't, uh, where's the handbook? Um, you know, and <laughs> the, the, the one thing that I've heard is a lot of men feel like that. Like, where's the handbook? We don't have one. Like, in, right. Like it's, it's kind of on the job training. Right. Um, so it's really good that, that you took time to write the, e, the ebook. Um, so to kind of give, uh, these young boys and, and, and fathers some direction, you know, it's funny. Uh, you said, um, when you were uh, saying like, you know, how you were attracted to, um, you know, I guess single, you know, just single mothers or right. Uh, father, um, father's, daughters. Fa father's daughter, excuse me. Yes. Um, father's daughters. And it's so interesting because I come from a two parent household. Right. Um, and almost all of my relationships that I had were that <laughs> except for the, for, for the one that I'm in now. And that's, and that is, and it's it's crazy to say, but like that's that like this is probably the most health, like healthiest relationship I've ever been in. Um, just it's just the way it is. Like I don't know why. Like you know I have no idea why, but I kind of do. But you know it's it's just more so like we just have a lot in common. Um, loving you know loving the same way um, in in a sense, right? Um, but nevertheless, um, so um, when it comes to you know, raising your daughters. Um, and, and I know that you have stepsons now, right? Yeah. Um, blended family, right? Um, yeah. They're not old, like they're older now, but how long have you had the stepchildren? Uh, when I came in the picture, my oldest of the four, so I have four stepsons, the oldest yes. of the four was 10. ten. I think he was okay. 10. Okay. Um, and they kind of go like maybe a year or so after each other, mm -hmm. so like 10, 9, 8, 7, you know, right? Uh, so, like that. so they are within the within five years, they all with, is within five years, and the yeah. oldest was 10. Um, mm -hmm. so part of it was uh, ooh, it's been it's, it's been a while. <laughs> so, the reason why I, I asked that is just simply wanting to know, right? Like, as a role playing an additional uh, parental figure um, um, in their lives and your task still with instilling certain things in them as well. Right. So what do you see the differences in raising like a 10 year old girl versus a 10 year old boy? Oh man. Um, it's well, so, so I think uh, emotionally, mm -hmm. I, let me, let me say it this way. Um, I would have to pay more attention to my daughter emotionally, you know what I mean? Her, her emotional and mental. Um, where my son's sort of mental, but more physical. You know what I mean? They're like a, a physical uh -huh. watch. Like, let me keep my eyes on you, you know. But with my daughter, it's like, okay, yeah. you actually got to be in tune and in touch, you know, because uh -huh. um, at least with my daughter, you know, she wasn't always as expressive outwardly uh -huh. you know or outgoing kind of reserved sort of like me 
you know, uh, my son's on the on the, the whole different, you know, they're on a whole different plan. They just football <laughs> players and, you know, all that. Mm-hmm. So they running to be out front. You know, my daughter mm-hmm. was a little different. So like I said, with, with them, I kind of had to just keep an eye on them. Hey, you know, don't go, you know, that don't go too far type type deal. Um, mm-hmm. But with my daughter, definitely had to be more in tune with her um, emotionally and mentally to, to know how you're feeling, you know, what's going on with you, you know, what's uh, what's affecting you, you know, so you know you know, was was going on more so on the inside because she was less expressive. Definitely, you know, we have a conversation, this comes out, but uh probably less expressive outwardly. Mm. So this is also uh men's mental health awareness month. Mm-hmm. And um you know in, in in fatherhood we all know it is a thankless job. Um but, you know, for the fathers who take it seriously, like yourself, right, who are actively present, who have been actively present in your kids and in your children's lives, um, there's a there's a heavy, heavy, I won't say burden, but it's a responsibility that comes mm-hmm. with that. Right. And um, I guess my question is, along the way in your fatherhood journey, right, what were some of the I would say um Tougher times that you've had as as, as a father, um, and how did you get through that? Right, because in each situation, you know, whether you're married or not, you you still have to protect, provide, right, leader. Um, you know, mm-hmm. you, and, and so like these things are heavy on the soul, right? And if yeah. you go through something, it can affect the family, it can affect the children, right. wife, whatever, right? Um, and that could be tough on a man right and for a lot of us all we do is just say i'm i'm good yeah and we hold it like so much here like we sort like men hold a lot in here not understanding sometimes that that can take a toll on your physical health either um so in your journey with fatherhood um how did you address the hard times right like like what were the hard times and like the tough times in fatherhood and how did you actually uh, navigate those waters? Well, I, I think my, my hardest times uh, in fatherhood, both of them came with divorce. Right. So mm-hmm. uh, I've been married twice. I've been divorced twice. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the first one I took really hard, you know, because it was the opposite of what I saw growing up. You know, like I said, I'm from a two, a two parent household. You know, and my mom and dad was together until my mom passed away a couple of years ago. You know what I'm saying? And so mm-hmm. in my mind growing up, you know, seeing the ups and downs of my own family, you know, it was like, oh, OK, this is how we do it. We stick together, you know, and we ride it out. And, and you know, you had your ups, you had your down, but then the ups come back if you hang in there, you know. Right. And so that right. was my mindset going into to marriage, to my first marriage. And um Unfortunately, it didn't. It didn't work out that way. <laughs> it didn't work out that way. Right, right, right. Um, but I think the the thing that had the most effect on on my marriage, on that marriage, was the death of my mother in law and the death of my mom. Uh, both passed from cancer uh. within like a three years time. You know, um, my mother-in-law I was very close to, you know, love, love her, you know, to life. 
you know. So when she passed, that was hard on me, but it also was hard on, you know, my wife at the time because she's the only child mm. and a fatherless mm. daughter. Mm -hmm. So you got an only child who all she had was her mom and now her mom's gone, you know. So that kind of sent her into a, a, a tailspin, uh, so to speak, uh, which definitely affected our relationship. You know, uh, as, as long as, and some, some other things played a part too. Um, but then, so that was my heart. One of my first hardest things that I've ever had to deal with, you know, mm -hmm. losing my mother-in-law and losing my mom, you know, and I know we, you mentioned earlier about it being uh, men's, men's mental health, you know, and so I'm a big component of, of therapy. Um, I've never been to a therapist. But my version of therapy was bereavement, you know, and bereavement sessions when when during this time when after my mom passed was going, you know, through bereavement and um dealing, learning to deal with the grief and how to handle that. And that helped me a lot. And since then I've been a component of it, you know, of therapy, of you know, any kind of uh social network where you can come together with people of like-minded experiences, you uh -huh. know, and so you can gain strength from each other. Uh, and so that definitely helped me in that situation, you know, and then coming out on the other side, when we talk about, you know, my marriage, my divorce for my second time that I had more of a, a couple guys that I could talk to, you know, and was able to, you know, have somebody in my corner to, to be able to vent to and just, you know, share how I'm feeling and things like that. And so, uh, which is another thing why I, I love the podcast and, and doing what we're doing now, which is uh -huh. making the conversations, you know, open and and natural, you know, so it's not a, a so it's common. That's the word I'm looking for. I definitely uh -huh. want to make the conversations common that men have feelings, men have emotions, men going through all these different things. And, and we don't have to put on, a you know, the tough face and, and uh -huh. try to stick it out. You know, like you said, carry it up here, but we can just open up and be vulnerable with one another because we, we are men and, and this life. We all live in the same life. You know what uh -huh. I'm saying? And so I know my hardships are what they are, and I know you got some too. So let's talk about uh -huh. it. A hundred percent. Coming from a two-family household and ending up divorces is, that's a hard one. Um, you know, it, it's, it's a hard one because even if you're not tied to the person, you're tied to the expectations. Yeah. You're tied to what, you know, it's, it's like, okay, well, my, my parents was this, um, and now this didn't work out. Like, you know, and, and sometimes you, you take it heavy, um, because it's almost like I, I have a responsibility to make this work because that's what I came from. Yeah. Yep. Right. Um, um, and that's something, uh, that you carry, Right. Um, you know, but, you know, in life, not everything happens in the order in which you think it should, you know, things happen in life. Um, you know, but I'm glad that one, you know, that you found uh, a good, safe place um, yeah. to land. Um, and that's so important for us is to find that safe space for us to really land um, and go through for us, for some people's therapy, for some people, um, you know, it could be. Of various things exercise right i'm um, talking to your friends um you know but the um, important thing for men is really to get it out um yeah. gotta find a way to get it out and get it out more often um you know but definitely glad that that you were able to 
find a good place to land about that because uh, that's a tough one um you know yeah i've been divorced myself um you know and it's just sometimes sometimes you're not really it's not even it's like i said it's not even the person because you can get over that sometimes it's the expectation mm-hmm. you gotta tell people right 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 you, you gotta tell people <laughs> wait hold on wasn't your parents married for like 40 years and you're like so this, no, this, this, <laughs> it's like, what did you do? And, and like, wait, right. You know, the man always got to do something. Always. It, right. It's always the man got to do it. The man got to do something wrong. Right. But nevertheless. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so but check, check this one out, though, even even more so with my second marriage. So my second marriage, me uh, and my wife at the time, we've known each other since kindergarten. Right. So we went to kindergarten together, <laughs> we went to church together. Right. So our family's been connected since kindergarten, right? When we hit our teenage years, we was each other's first boyfriend and girlfriend at 12, 13 years old. You know, um, did that little love thing, whatever. Mm-hmm. She went her way. I went my way. Again, she got married, had the four sons. I got mm-hmm. married, had my daughter. Both went through our divorces, came back together years later. We get married, right? So now... That's the that's the dream, right? Yeah, Cinderella, right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know that's the dream. <laughs> that's and, Disney, and so right there. Going through that, like you said, now we're getting to the point where we got to go. We're you know looking at divorce, and like you said, man, we got to tell everybody because this is our church family. You know, what I'm saying? this is all we have all the same friends, pretty much. You know what I mean? Wow. So it's like everybody. Now we got to tell everybody. You know, wow. uh, but one of the things I'm I'm proud of of us in the midst of our divorce, one of the things that was important to me and, and we sat down and talked about it was the fact that we have been friends since kindergarten, you know, and so it was very important to me. And and I sat down and we had the conversation that look, we know that the marriage is coming to the end, right? But we don't want to lose our friendship too, because we've been friends longer than we've been married. You know what mm. I'm saying? We've mm. known each other. Matter of fact, when she got married and we had kind of went our separate ways, when she got married and had her first son, I was on going doing my thing. She was doing her thing. My mother became the godmother to her first son. You know what I mean? That's how close our wow. family was. And it ain't had nothing to do with me. I wasn't even around. You know right. what I'm saying? Right, but that's right. how close our, our families was. You know? Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, look, we got family. We got friends. We have too much involved that's connected outside of just us so it's bigger than us so yeah right. we, we may lose the marriage but we have to be able to keep our friendship intact to keep our family intact not just our mm. immediate family but our church family you know everybody else that's connected to us that was wishing for it man you know how many people cried when we told them that we was getting divorced i think Oof. other people cried more than we cried you know <laughs> I mean? yeah so many people like no not y'all it's like yeah you know <laughs> it happens right but um, I'm, I'm glad that we were able to able to do that and, and still great great friends now you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. we were able to do that. So and it's, it works out real good because, like I said, I got the granddaughters now. So we're we're able to, you know, spend time with the grandkids and things like that, and, and be in the same space. You know, mm-hmm. and, and so it's that's it's all good. And you know, um, speaking of 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 that whole thing, I know that you guys are still good friends now. But how does that work if or when you know she finds somebody new and you find somebody new? 
and you get, you know, before it was just friends. So it's like, okay, no problem. You could find somebody who can accept you guys being friends. But now she's like, oh, this is like one of my best friends. Also, is my ex husband. We, how does, how do you think that works? It, 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 it becomes a problem for others, right? Yeah. And, and so yeah. I've, I've been having this conversation a lot, right? I can imagine I like, you I like having it, and I, <laughs> I like having it. You know, and, and so, um, not, not to, to throw out a whole nother podcast, but uh, I did yeah. a, a full episode on a, a podcast called the butterfly podcast. Mm-hmm. Right. I did. We did a full episode talking about it. Right. Because it becomes an issue for other people because other, others, people's expectations of, Oh, you divorce. So if you get along, it gotta be more than that. You know what I'm saying? It's like, uh-huh. that's how people think. And I'm like, no, that's, that's not it. Like we've been friends long enough and we actually sat down and realize that we're better friends than we were married, mm-hmm. which is why our friendship, you know, we get along as good as we do. Cause it's like, mm-hmm. okay, we just came to the realization. So it becomes issues for other people because mm-hmm. they go off their experiences with their yeah, exes. Of course. And it's right. like, oh, but my ex, I, we, I can't stand them. Ooh, ooh. And I'm like, that's, that's not us. Cause even mm-hmm. when we were married, her, her kids, her son's father, their father and his wife used to come to our house. Like we come to the house and, and I'll hang out together, you know? So it never was an issue with us, you know? Um, but like I said, it, it becomes issue for other people because yeah. it is against the norm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh, but again, that's why I like to talk about it because I'm like, yeah, it's against the norm, but it's against the norm because you make it that way. Mm. You know, like I would say, this is, this is my thing. You fall in love, you fall out of love. Right. If we fall in love, we still would be, be with the same person, the first person that we ever fell in love with. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And sometimes mm-hmm. that ain't the case. And right. <laughs> sometimes we look back and we glad it ain't the case. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, but that's just the fact. You fall in love, you fall out of love. So if you fall out of love, you know what I mean? Just take it as that. Okay, it it ended, you know, and unless it's some, you know, dirt or something that's that happens. Right. That you're emotionally scarred or whatever but even Mm -hmm. with that you know that's when we start talking about forgiveness because how long you gonna carry that you know i got you got people that their kids is graduating from high school they've been divorced since the kid was in grammar school and they can't even be in the same room at the high school graduation like come on man how long you gonna how long you gonna hold on to that you know Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. free and you gotta free yourself you know and Mm -hmm. it's unfortunate again that's why i like to talk about it because it's unfortunate that that's what it comes down to. Like you got to forgive and you got to move mm-hmm. on. There's no reason why you shouldn't be able to at least be in the same space with an ex. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, if it's something real it dirty, depends. like some domestic yeah. violence yeah. or something like that, you know what I mean? Yeah, but it it's on some we just broke up stuff. You know what I'm like? Yeah, yeah. On, how long? How long are you gonna carry that? Yeah, I think it depends. Of, of course, on the subject matter, right? You know, of, of why you guys broke up. You know, um, I think you can forgive. We don't have to be in the same vicinity. We don't, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Depending on what it is. Right. Right. Like it's just, you know, it's just one of those things, you know, yeah. where it's just, if you did somebody dirty, you know, it's okay. You know what I'm saying? We can forgive and move on. Right. But it doesn't mean I got to keep you close. It doesn't mean that we got to be in the same vicinity. Don't, it doesn't mean we got to be in the same, it don't yeah, mean we yeah. got to be in the no, same and room. I, and I agree with that. But your you situation know, you is different. You don't have to, you don't have to, but I just think for your own, Freeness, you should be able to, 
like I said, unless it's something real dirty, of course. But I'm just talking about just some some regular, yeah, regular, regular stuff, stuff, like how what you, stuff, you know what I mean? Through, like, yeah. You know, it's life. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You mm -hmm. should be able to be around that person. You know what I'm saying? Without being like, oh, I'm about to stab you. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, best. Well, the one thing I say is, good luck with the women out there, bro. Good luck with the women understanding. As, uh, sometimes I can tell you women aren't so understanding of these things, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and me and me are not either. And me are nah, not either. Nah. You know what I'm yeah, saying? That's true. Because mm -hmm. I, I mean, I've I've had to deal with that too, you know, since mm -hmm. since then. And I'm like, bruh, I'm not an issue. You know what I mean? Like I ain't mm -hmm. even around like that, number one. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, I'm I'm not an issue. You if mm -hmm. you decide to end your relationship. You know, with her because of me, that's on you. Right. Because I, I mean, like, how many times do you even see me? You only, you only probably only see me once. You know right, what right, I'm right, saying? Right, right. But it's the thought, and I think that's what gets people the most. Like the thought of when you're not around, like, oh, what could it be? What mm. could be happening? I'm like, dude, mm. you, you're killing yourself, dude. <laughs> mm -hmm. I feel you. Um. So with like with all of these trials and tribulations and. The one thing I know that, you know, as a minister too, right? Um, I and, and this is a point I kind of want to get to about manhood and men and your journey. Um, as a man, being a minister and being divorced twice, right? The expectations again of the minister, um, because you're held to a higher calling, right? And mm -hmm. higher standards and Things just have to work perfectly in the in the pastor's world, right? In the minister's yeah. world. Um, I mean that that's just the expectation with a lot of Christians, right? Um, mm -hmm. it's just things have to go a certain way, right? Um, so how did that take a toll on you um in your journey? Like after you know, you got divorced once and then twice. Um, I would imagine that that can take a toll on you, especially with, you know, when you have um that expectation, you know from people in in the church right um how did that weigh on you well like we talked about earlier with the the, the first marriage it was really hard because of the expectation you mm. know of what i thought you know how it was going to be and despite you know because of mm -hmm. my example of my parents you know despite the ups and downs and ins and outs or whatever like we're gonna stick it through and we're gonna be good Mm -hmm. Um, so when that didn't happen, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? I definitely took that hard. I took that, that real hard, you know. Um, and then the, the my second marriage was just as hard, but in a different way, because it was a different expectation, not necessarily the expectation of we're gonna stick it through, but the expectation of you know, the, mm -hmm. the fairy tale story. You know, yeah. high school, you know, sweethearts, mm -hmm. you know, 20 years later, that whole song, we had that on our cake, on our wedding cake. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, 20 years yeah. later, we get back together, then we got this blended family, you know, and so that whole thing was a different, and, and that that affected me in a different a different way, you mm -hmm. know, uh, but still definitely affected me. Um, but I think one of the things, because even after that, I went through a journey of, of especially getting into um, personal development and things like that. And so I went on my own journey. And one of the things that I'm confident and able to stand up, you know, whether on the pet, uh, pulpit podcast or whatever, is I learned to be honest with me first. Mm. 
You know mm. what I mean? And mm. so if I'm honest with oh. me, then I can be honest with you. You know what right. I'm saying? Because I don't have I don't have to lie because I'm not going to lie to myself. Mm. And so I had to look at myself and, and, you know, point out what role did I play in the downfall of both of my marriages? Because I'm mm. the common denominator, you know, and from my side, I was in both marriages and they both failed. So I had a part to do with both of them. Both mm. of them. Mm-hmm. So I had to be upfront with myself like, OK, this this was you. You know, this might happen. That might happen. But this part right here, that's all you. You know what I mean? And so I had to address those issues and those those things with myself. And I also realized and be honest with myself with, you know, uh, my integrity and my intentions. You know Mm. what I mean? I went into Mm -hmm. both marriages with with good intentions. I carried myself throughout the marriages with, with good intention, you know, and things just didn't work out the way that I wanted to. Um, but because of that, I can be honest with myself again. If, and if I came in with some kind of foul intentions, I have to be honest too, you know, but because I can be honest with me, I can be honest with, you know, whoever. And so when you get those expectations of people like, well, you're supposed to be an example. I am an example. I'm honest, but I'm human too. You know what I mean? And so I can admit I messed up in both of my marriages, you know? Mm. And so I, you know what I mean? Got you. I like that. Um, and, and that's accountability. Yep. That's what that looks like, right? Um, so that's so that's so that's good. So in your journey of of you know manhood and fatherhood, you know, um, as far as depression goes, and you know, I think a lot of men get depressed, a lot of different things in life. Um, it could be money issues, it, it could be life, people dying. Um, things just not working out um, in the way that they thought it would be. Um, yeah. How did you handle um, those times when you might have felt depressed? Um, you know, aside from, you know, I know like what you discussed, like, you know, with uh, the, the death of your mother-in-law and your mother and um, God rest your soul. But aside from those things, like what, um, how did you deal with some of those um issues that that arose as far as depression in your life yeah well my my biggest depression came around that time right Ah, mm -hmm. and so i was at that time i I was in debt i was depressed from that already right Mm -hmm. then i was going through the through divorce right we were talking about divorce we hadn't actually Mm -hmm. got to that point yet but we were already it was already on the table right Mm -hmm. so we're we're Mm -hmm. dealing with that and then um my mother-in-law died then after that my mom died so this Mm -hmm. all within a couple years you know what i mean and so after my mom died i went into a deep depression you Mm -hmm. know what i mean and so in in that space to the point that i even uh thought about suicide Mm -hmm. you know because it was like man i I don't see no way out you know Mm -hmm. it's like i'm losing on on every hand Mm -hmm. and um and so one of the things that and even now when I talk about it and I, I kind of teach it to other people how I got out of it, I always say I learned to have fun, right? So I look at the word fun as an acronym, F-U-N. So it's focus, unite, and normalize, right? And so with my focus, one of the things when I was going through was I was focusing on things that I couldn't change. Right. Mm. I couldn't change that I was depressed. I couldn't change that I was in debt because as a bricklayer, you work when the economy is up, when the economy drops, you know what I mean? Ain't mm. no work. 
mm-hmm. you know, so I couldn't change my dad. Um, the divorce, we kind of hit that spot. So I, that wasn't changing, you know, so all these things I couldn't change. And by me focusing on it, it just made me more and more depressed because it was like, okay, I, I can't do anything about my situation. Right. right. And so I had to refocus. And so my refocus was taking the taking the focus off of me and putting on my daughter. Right. So my daughter at the time, again, she had just lost both of her grandmothers, you know, and it'll be times that we'll be playing me and her and she'll just start crying. And I yeah. say, what's wrong? And she'll say, I miss my grandmothers. You know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. taking that focus off myself and really thinking about my daughter, who was my shadow again, she's she's a daddy girl, you know? And I'm yeah. like, if I'm not here and she already lost both her grandmothers, mm-hmm. where's that going to put her? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so I had to refocus. It's like, you know what? Take the focus on me, put the focus on her. You know, like I got to be here for her. You know, I got to push through for her. You know, until I'm able to get to the point where I can, you know, push through for myself and for nobody else, I got to stay here for her. Right. So that was the L for focus. The the U for unite is I had to get to a place where I united with some people of like minded or people that could help. Mm. And Mm -hmm. so I ended up talking to a friend of mine. First of all, I went through bereavement. So that was number one. Right. Again, talking about therapy and, and, Mm -hmm. and that. Bereavement, of course, is a, a type of therapy. So I went to bereavement first. Mm. Um, that definitely opened up some doors for me. I loved it uh, so much that I became a, a volunteer after my time was over. And I stayed there for a year. And then after my year is up, I left that. But then I started a nonprofit organization doing bereavement, you know. And so because awesome. I, I it, it was that much of a, a different made that much of a difference to me. Right. But that's Amazing. where the unite come in that is connecting with like minded people and finding somebody that you're able to open up to and, and you know, be honest and vulnerable with to say, I need help. You know, mm. I'm, I'm struggling. I'm, I'm drowning, you know. And so, again, that's why I like having these conversations so that we start making it normal, because even in the midst of it, Actually, which is the going to the next, which is the end and, and fun is normalized. Uh-huh. And one of the things that I learned in bereavement is they say today is your new normal because things will never be the way it was. Right. And now this is the new normal. So how can I find uh-huh. life and love and fulfillment in this new normal that I have? Right. right. And so one of the things with that, we want to make a normal to have these conversations because uh-huh. When I when I start talking when I started the podcast and I start mm-hmm. talking about my depression yeah. and wanting to commit suicide on the podcast, mm-hmm. my sister heard it and my sister called me and she's like, "How you go through all that and I not know?" You know what I'm saying? Men and do I it said, all the time. Well, "We don't." I don't want to carry the sign saying, "You know, I'm depressed. And I want to kill myself." <laughs> you right. know, but what that is, what happened with even with that conversation with my sister, I realized, you know what. We got to start having these conversations. We got to yes. make it normal to ask, how you mm-hmm. doing today? And then follow up with the next question, how you really doing? Because, you know, the, the answer to that first one yep. is all going to be, I'm straight. I'm good. But we got to come good, back boss. like, yeah, how you really doing, though? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? yeah. Let them know that I'm, I'm serious. I really want to know how you doing. You know, and once yeah. we start doing that and having those conversations, especially amongst men, then yes. that's going to definitely be a turning point, you know, with all of us. And I can remember um, we ask very generic questions all the time. Like it's so generic. And yeah. you, how you doing? 
I'm good. Okay, cool, cool, right? Yeah. And I remember one time my friend asked me. Uh, she said, "Hey, how uh, how was your soul doing, man?" Mm. I, and I was like, it made me at this point like I I felt like I needed to give a different answer, right? Like you know, like yeah, I, you yeah, know, yeah. I, I, I was like, and it made me think, man, how how is my soul doing today? Like it just made me feel differently, you know, by asking certain questions. Um. And, it, and and I gave a different answer, you know, and then we started having dialogues around that, you know. And so I think sometimes as as friends, family, um, gotta ask different questions. Uh, how you doing? Yeah. Well, always good. I'm good. No, like most yeah. of the time, like that's just how things are with people. Yeah. Um, it's just such that's it's such an innate thing. It's just a thing. It's just how you doing? I'm good. It's just yeah. that's just what it is, right? Um yeah, so that's why we got to hit him with the follow up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hit him with the follow up. Like, no, nah, how, how you really yeah. doing? Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? yeah. Like, how, yes. was, how was work today? Like, how really yeah. was it? How did yes. you feel about it? You know what I mean? Yeah, you, you know, because I always say, look, especially for especially with men, we are good at going out, hanging with the fellas. Whether it, it could be a card game, you know, it could be uh, going to watch a game, parties, whatever it is that we do. And you could be sitting next to the guy, like not drinking, or you guys doing whatever you're doing, li- watching the game, whatever it is, right? And it, that person could literally be suicidal, depressed, mm-hmm. because not everybody's sitting there like this. Not yeah. everybody's sitting there like that. They smiling with you, they happy with you, they living life with you, but they're not. Yeah. And these are the things that we talk about a lot, you know, that we have to kind of, um, we kind of have to do things very differently, um, you know, with men, um, cause we have egos, yeah, big egos. Um, and, and, and so I'm glad that you're able to share these things, um, because we have to kind of drop the ego, um, a, a lot, um, in order to get the help that we need. Right. Um, and that work is with us. You know, it's it's good to have safe spaces and, and we have to create those safe spaces for our, our people and our friends and our family. But the work starts with us. You know, we have to be open to it, you know. Um, so, I mean, so, you know, um, I definitely can appreciate that. Um, yeah, that. That was one of the things with, with my sister, you know, like like you mentioned about, you know, we're in these spaces and we smiling and carrying on, you know, not only did my sister, you know, didn't know I, it's nine of us. I got eight siblings, right? I got five sisters and three brothers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, it's like, so I put on this face for all of them. None of them knew yes. what I was dealing with. You know what I'm saying? And, and this is my closest people, you know? And so when we think about that is how many, how many of us is walking around with this mask on, Mm-hmm. For everybody, you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. So again, yeah, like you said, we we got to create these safe spaces, and it got to start with us. And I always like to say that's why I'll be the first one to bring it up. You know, so mm. the quicker I share that, hey, you know what, I was d- depressed, I was going through, you know, thinking about suicide, I was dealing, you know, with my mom's death. With me opening it up to you, then it makes you more comfortable to open up to me. You right. know, so we begin right. to create these safe spaces. But mm-hmm. like you said, it starts with us just being vulnerable and, and sharing our story to make it normal for mm-hmm. everybody else to share theirs. Absolutely, because men are good at putting on a smile and dying on the inside. That is a mm-hmm. fact. 
Um, and you'll never know if he doesn't want you to know until it gets really bad. And right. it can get bad in a quick, fast, and in a hurry. Um, so <laughs> it's just what it is, you know. Um, and it's also about how I, but it starts with how we teach our boys what and, and, and what we teach our boys, you know. Um, and for a lot of men, they pass down from their father, their great grandfather, their grandfather, whatever it is. It, it, it's don't talk. Don't communicate. Nobody cares. Keep working. Put your head down. Keep doing it. Don't cry. Man up. Right. Um, and we keep teaching this to our boys and then wondering why by the time they become adults, they don't know how to express themselves. And it's like, well, right. why do men? Well, well, this, is what, this is what we're teaching them. Right. It starts with the people who's teaching them. Right. <laughs> right. It takes a long time to try to, re- to, you know, once you become an adult to retrain yourself to be different. Yeah. Right. And and, and, and sometimes it takes, uh, unfortunately, it might take some drastic things to happen for you to change, you know. So my dad mm. is from that culture, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, and, most of us are. And, you know, hold that, you know, was, he he don't talk a lot usually anyway, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But not very expressive, all of that. My dad didn't start being really emotionally expressive to after my mom passed. Mm-hmm. So after when my mom passed, then especially with us, the kids, you know, he starts saying, I love you. He don't say it all the time, but he does say it occasionally. <laughs> and yep. it's so funny because sometimes he'll say it or you know he texts now you're right so he'll send a text and if he said in the text i have a uh a messenger group with just my siblings and so whoever he sent it to they'll post hey daddy say he loved me today you know, what <laughs> yeah. I mean? you know so it's one of those things but he's a, he is a lot after my mom passed away he became a lot more open and expressive with you know how he felt towards us you know, to hug yeah. us more and tell us he loves us and, and things like that. Because again, growing up, that was my mom's job. My mom had love, exactly. had love, love for all of us. You know exactly. what I mean? It is like, hey, he just worked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. But after she passed, you know, um, I don't know if it, it was a thought thing that he purposely like, oh, let me do this, or was it just a personality change because maybe he had all that love in him that usually went to my mom and then my mom dispersed it to us, but now my mom wasn't there. And so, yeah, you know, yeah, I think you might, I think you're onto something. I think when it comes to men, well, certain men, uh, it takes something drastic, um, to, to change the outlook or change behaviors. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like you, like, you know, but for me, I think once my dad got sick, like really sick, um, the year before he passed, um, you know, like one day, me and my brother, you know, we're sitting there, we're just sitting there, you know, manly with each other, man, man, man stuff. And and my dad is there and he's like, you know, I love you guys. Me and my brother looked at each other like, <laughs> you know, because he was a shower, like he was a doer, right? Like he wasn't an expresser. Like, you know, he's very talk minimally, you know, the, the only thing he really professed was the love of my mother, his wife, right? Like that was that that's the extent of it. Um, you know, trying to get pictures of us in the holiday was like a was like a jail mugshot, you know, everybody's trying to pose like <laughs> like they hard, like we don't even know what to do, you know, like it there was you know, it wasn't like that, you know. Um, but once, you know, I, I know like he got really sick and it, you know, I think I don't know, you know, to this day, I obviously don't know what he was thinking in his mind. 
um mm-hmm. like you know maybe i should you know say certain things while you know while i can um and just do things and the funny thing is my dad was not a dancer ever in his ever in his life right you know that year he would go out and whenever my mom was a dancer so whenever my mom was dancing he'd be out there like and it, it was the oddest thing to witness in life <laughs> like who is this man like i was like he's out there dancing i have and it was just the lighter the lighter side of him like he just didn't care like he was he just let go and and then live life finally like just let, let just let go and just live life and did what he wanted to do and didn't care about what anybody thought and so i think you're right you know sometimes i, I think it sometimes it can take drastic things for men to unfortunately change their behaviors and change their ways um you know um but i i, I am glad that you know there are men out there like you um who are kind of getting to 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 these uh teachings early and and putting it out there early uh being vulnerable you know sometimes people think being vulnerable is weak but being vulnerable is very strong you know to be able to put this out here and not be ashamed of it um because it could be lessons for some other person another young man um so you know that's definitely something that i can appreciate here um i know i, I know that you mentor that you mentor some some dads and some fathers and some sons um i think it's called uh it was man up ironically that yeah. we just use yeah. the term right uh but yeah. reversing it what is your version of that so man up <clears throat> excuse me man up is an acronym so yes. I'm, I'm a person that loves acronyms i see so if anybody listens to the podcast or anything, <laughs> i got millions of acronyms for everything yes. right so but man up is an acronym that stands for men um men my mind just went blank <laughs> Mm-hmm. Men, I'm gonna say acknowledging because I my mind activating, is right? Is men activating? Men activating newly untapped potential. Yes, uh, yes. that's what it is. And actually, I'm, I'm actually I I was doing it in person, but I'm mm-hmm. actually going virtual with it now. So um, I should have one uh, a virtual workshop coming up. But mm-hmm. yeah, so that's what it that's what it is. And I, I just thought about you know all the things that I wanted to teach my sons. You mm-hmm. know, um, one of the things that, you know, I, I talk about regret sometimes with things that I regret. And like I said, my youngest son just turned 21, like last weekend, mm. you know, um, but I remember having a conversation with him. And what came out that conversation was that, unfortunately for him, when me and his mom was going through our divorce, Mm-hmm. He was the youngest. So he was just kind of coming of age into his teens. Right. So his his older brothers, you know, my relationship with them and being able to pour into them was kind of doing the good years. So I was able to, you know, my focus was there and I was able to teach them a lot of stuff. Um, but unfortunately, as he was coming to his teens, the focus was off because we was going through the divorce and that whole thing. And so I didn't pour into him the way that I, you know, would have had had things been different and so just taking that into consideration and just some things some lessons that my dad taught me and some things that i learned along the way as a father uh as you know coming into manhood myself so i just formed this this mentor group in this workshop you know to be able to teach the the lessons that i learned along the way that i think is is important you know uh we talked about uh earlier about men 
not knowing, uh, knowing how to express themselves, mm. you know, to be be able to be in touch with your emotional side. Yet, yet at the same time, making your when it comes to making decisions, you're going with facts over feelings. You know, mm-hmm. as men, we got to deal with the facts, you know, because emotionally, our emotions change, how we feel change, facts don't change. So if you make decisions based on facts, your decisions will still be able to stand on their own, you know, after the fact, you know what I mean? After the situation is passed, your mm-hmm. decision will be still be strong because you didn't make it from an emotional space, you mm-hmm. know? And so just little, little things like that, that I think that, you know, like I said, things that I wanted to teach my sons, uh, that I did teach my sons and that I just think is good lessons for, for men, especially young men, because I always think about, again, I'm a stepfather to, to four sons. You know, mm-hmm. and their dad's around, you know, he's around. But even in his life, his dad died when he was really young. So he didn't have that that father figure either. And so my thing was, again, coming up in a two parent household, you know, my dad is still still here now. You know what I mean? Still very active in my life now. So just having that example of growing up, being fathered you know, by a father and even now their relationship of becoming a father and still having my dad to have conversations with about, you know, manhood and things like that. Mm. I just kind of put it together and said, okay, I'm going to build this, this workshop to be able to talk to other young men and, and, you know, kind of get them some direction. Amazing. Amazing. Glad that you're doing that. Um, I'm sure a lot of people are being heavily Im- impacted by this. Um, so kudos to you. Definitely. Um, and if people wanted to sign up for this, um, for the man up, uh, how would they do that? So is, is only, it's going to be on Eventbrite. Um, mm-hmm. so my organization name on Eventbrite, which is also my, my organization name as overall is deal, heal, fulfill.org. Right. Because my mission, like my mm-hmm. shirt say, yep. is deal, to help people heal. to deal, mm-hmm. heal and fulfill, deal with your mm-hmm. problems, heal from the pain fulfill your purpose. And so that's the website. So if they go to that website, um, there'll be the website, dealhealfulfill.org is the company website. But if you go on Eventbrite Mm -hmm. as an organizer and you look up dealhealfulfill.org, it'll bring up that, uh, you should be able to find that that man up uh, workshop. Um, But so I'm going to, I'm going to have, I'm doing a man up workshop. I'm doing a bereavement workshop because, again, I got into the bereavement mm-hmm. space. So I developed a workshop called um, Maintaining Your Faith During Your Morning, right? Mm-hmm. So as you're going mm-hmm. through your morning and dealing with your grief, how to maintain your faith. Because, as you know, you know, a lot of our faith get tried when, when people pass away. Tried. You know, like, Lord, why me or why them and why this happened mm-hmm. to our family? But, you know, to be able to maintain your faith and you know during that time is a big thing so um the man up is one workshop that's going to be offered the bereavement workshop is going to be one and then i'm thinking about doing one for fatherless daughters too so just going virtual going virtual with everything (laughs) love it love it love it um and you're right about to your point um sometimes your faith gets tested sometimes it gets destroyed sometimes it gets burned to the ground and you got to rebuild that's just comes along with sometimes with grief. Um, grief is a thing, man. Um, grief is something that a lot of people can't explain. 
you know, people have their ways of dealing. Um, but grief can hit anybody differently, everybody differently. Um, or you went to a whirlwind of, of depression and, and all, all the kind of things, you know. So um, please give people grace when when they're going through grief, please, because it's, it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's no joke. Uh, sure. So if you were to give uh, a young man that came to you and said, hey, listen, earnestly, just found out that my girl's pregnant and uh, I'm going to be a father. Help me, please. I am going. <laughs> I'm nervous. I'm I'm shook. Like I'm. I don't know what to. Like I'm. I'm going through. Like because you know that happens. You know people. Yeah. You know it. Ideally, it might seem good, but then when they face with the reality, it's like, yo, wait a minute. It's coming fast. Um, yeah, yeah. and you got nine months to get yourself together. So <laughs> it's the earnest boss. Ah. My heart's racing. I don't, I, I don't know what's next. I don't, I don't know what to do, boss. What would you tell a young man that's coming to you for some advice about fatherhood um, and that journey? Well, for the first thing I would say, I would uh, congratulate him for taking the first step, which is asking questions, right? Yes. And coming to somebody, you know, for the information that you don't have. And I think that's one of the biggest things that we, one of the biggest problems that we have uh, when it comes to fatherhood is so many of us have been unfortunate of not being raised with our fathers and we don't go to those that have been right mm. so we don't have the ex the example some of our fathers didn't have the example you know what i mean and so now we become fathers and because we didn't have it we don't have it to give and so now our sons don't have the example so mm. the fact that that young man is even coming to me or anybody and asking, hey, how do I do this? That's the first step. So I was congratulating him on that. Like, that's the first step right there is to seek out the knowledge. You know, um, that's the first thing. The second thing, number one, you got to do your best, right? Especially in this, in this generation with the social media and all of that, people project so much stuff like what's really happening that's not even true mm. it's like dude you have to live your life right and you got to walk your walk even as a father because there's mm. no there's no handbook you know what i'm saying all you just got is a lot of examples and a lot of experiences you know what i'm saying and yeah. you just got to kind of figure out which one is closest to to what you're going through and what you're dealing with you know and so there's no handbook but there are some some principles that you could take into it. Number one, take it seriously. You know what I mean? And make a decision for yourself that you're going to be a father to your child. And that has to mm -hmm. be a decision, not a choice, right? And so the decisions, the difference between decisions and choices, decisions are definite, choices are conditional, right? Ooh, I like that. And so my example that I give with that is you have to learn to make a decision and then your choices have to be in line with your decision. But the decision don't change, but the the, the choices do, right? <clears throat> so we just think about the weather, right? And so mm -hmm. if I make a decision that I'm always going to dress, you know, acceptable for the weather. So that's my decision. So whenever I get up in the morning, I check the temperature. What is the weather going to be today? If it's hot, I put on some shorts. If it's mm -hmm. cold, I'm putting on a jacket, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So my decision is I'm always going to dress 
right for the weather. So if right. I step outside, my choice is, okay, what is, what's the weather today? Right. So depending on the weather, the condition, the conditions change. So I can make different choices, but my huh. decision don't change. Right. And so we got to make a decision to be in the lives of our child, to be in the lives of our children, to be fathers, right? So Mm -hmm. the conditions may change. You might break up. You know what I mean? You might have to be a long-distance father because your your girl moved away with the kid. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? All these things, you might be on child support. You might be on visitation. All the the conditions can change. So Mm -hmm. your choices of how you operate may change, but your decision to be a father will remain the same. You know, and as long as that decision that you can deal with your choices, you can make different choices. You know what I'm saying? And Love so it. we have to kind of operate from that point. Mm. Now, in the same token, um, different scenario. Somebody coming to you and says, oh, Mr. James, look, co-parenting. Look, I can't stand the mother of my child. Oh. <laughs> and then now I'm with somebody new. Can't stand her baby father in the end. The only pro- hey, that, these are real life scenarios that happen in the world. I, I'm, I mean, in a rela- I'm in a whole new relationship. <laughs> I, I, I don't like the guy that I don't like the guy that um, you know that she's seeing. You know, or, or, and it's and it's and, and and I've I've seen it in this scenario play out like this. Guy has new relationship, blended family, right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't like his ex or his baby mother or the mother of his child. Then he doesn't like the new guy that she is with. Then he has uh, a new girlfriend mm-hmm. or, in, or, or or wife and doesn't like her ex-boyfriend or, or ex-husband or father <laughs> of the child. The lot of not likings over here. Right, right, right. A lot of, uh, I, I've seen it. It's a lot of stress. It's mm-hmm. the people just not liking everybody, right? Yeah, Except yeah. for the one person that they're with, right? Yeah. Um, and these these are real life scenarios that play out. So, to in your humble opinion, from your from your lens, what is the key to co-parenting successfully? Even if you have in conflict with everything and everybody around you, like what's the key? Focus, right? Mm. Focus. What what is your focus in the in the situation? Your focus should always be on the child in the best interest of the child, right? Mm. We get in our feelings because I don't like the baby daddy, or I don't like the new guy, or I don't like whatever. They ain't got nothing to do with my child. They got to be mm. with me and my feelings and how I feel about them. Now, if mm. they're mistreating your child or something like that, then, of course, that has to be addressed. But the not liking just because, you ain't got to like them. And, and this is from experience, personally, because I've, I've been there, too, mm-hmm. right? Personal experience and, you know, just ad- life advice. If you put your focus on your child, what's in the best interest of the child? Mm. You know, I had a situation where... There was a young lady who got upset, right, because Mm. the new girlfriend was being nice to her daughter, right? She took her daughter out for, um, they did like a little play date, like a girl's day out. She took her daughter and got her nails done, you know, just spending time with her, which is a good thing. Mm -hmm. But the mama got mad. Why are you spending (laughs) time with my daughter? I'm like, 
You know what I'm saying? So it was one of those situations like, no, because you're choosing not to like this person who's mm. actually treating your child good. But because you choose not to like the person instead of looking at how she's making your child feel and how mm. this interaction is helping the child. You know, mm. and so I think that's how, where our focus got to be on. What's in the best interest of our children? Mm. It don't matter whether I like the daddy or not or the new person or not. Does my child like them? Right. right. How do they interact with my child? So even with me as a as a step stepfather coming into my relationship with my sons, the two things I told my sons from day one, well, it was three things. The first thing was I'm not here to replace your dad. You know what I mean? That that's his play, place. He will always be your father. There's always be an open door for him to come, you know what I'm saying, for y'all to spend time, whatever. That's mm-hmm. that's his position. But until he comes, I'll be here. Right. Right. So that's number one. Number two is the two and three is number one, know that I love you. Number two, know that I always have your best interests at heart. Right. And so this is what I taught my sons, because you're not going to like me all the time. You know what I mean? You're not going to like me. You're not going to always, you know, like what I have to say, what I make you do or whatever. Yep. Especially when you hit them teenage years, then you start dealing with you, not my daddy, you know. So I know all of that. I know that's coming. Jeez. But I'm going to start in the beginning letting you know I love you and I always have your best interests at heart. So even when you don't like me, you know I love you and you know mm. whatever I'm saying is in your mm. best interest, whether you like it or not. Absolutely. You know, and so because I built on that when I first came in the door and kept mm-hmm. building on that, when yep. it did hit the you know, teenage years and, you know, you get that you're not my real daddy and all that, you know, yeah, it, it, it wasn't nothing to deal with because it always came right back that at the end of the day, I know you love me. And, you know, and, and of course, as teenagers, they don't always come right back. But when they get a little older, like I said, my, my youngest is 21 now, you know what I'm saying? And so we've had conversations amongst, you know, with the sons now that come back and like, yeah, you know, it was, well, I remember that time, you know, but yeah. they look different, especially my oldest, because now they, my two oldest sons are fathers themselves now. Like I wow. said, I got two granddaughters now. So mm-hmm. now, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? That inside start kicking yep. in. It's like, yeah, I see. I you understand were, You were right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I think, uh, like I said, the key to that is is really focusing on what's in the best interest of the child. Not how we feel about it, but what's in the best interest of the child. I appreciate that insight. So uh, ebooksbyjames.com, you know, there's a, I see see there's an ebook called Forgiving Me, uh, The Core Four, Get Off the Floor, um, and From Males to Men, right? Um, And, you know, I, I, I personally would encourage um all of you um fathers or looking to be fathers or even women that want to understand men right um to to go ahead and 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 um you know click that link that's going to be in uh it's going to be inside the video um and go get those books pick them up you know so support um because you know it's not easy you know putting yourself out there it's not easy putting your wisdom out there your vulnerability out there um you know, and, and seeing through another person's eyes, you know, and um, a lot of good principles. Um, I can tell that's in those books. Um, he's he's said a lot of principles and acronyms, he sprinkled them all throughout <laughs> this show. Um, and I and I and I, for one, can appreciate that um, because it's his truth. 
Um, and the one thing that you can't say that he wasn't an active father um, and that he is not an active father now and now a grandfather, um, different roles, um, you know, but, um, you know, Ernest, I just want to say thank you um, for being a stand up father, for being, you know, uh, what it is, you know, and what it means uh, to be a father, um, you know, to be present, uh, you know, when it's not easy. You know, when you're going through so many different things in life, uh, the biggest thing for you, you know, fatherhood. My kids are first. You know, making sure that that you're there for uh, for for your daughter and 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 for the boys. Um, and and thank you for doing that. Um, because now when you do that, you actually are an example, not just to your ch kids and, and your stepkids, but to other and to their friends and to other kids. Mm -hmm. Um. And so thank you for being that beacon of light. Um, and, and of course, Black man, definitely appreciate you um, for putting yourself yeah. in a good position. Um, and uh, thank you. You know, that's all I can say. You know, um, it's thank you for all of the work that you're doing. Um, it's needed, um, especially for our community um, is needed. We need leaders like you. You know, we don't need perfection. We need leaders. Right. right. Um, and, and so Definitely appreciate you uh, putting it all out there on, on the line um, on this particular show. Um, and before we go, um, just tell the people where they can, of course, uh, we said where we, where we can get the books, but where can they find you? Let them, let them know where they can connect with you. Right. Well, first of all, let me say thank you for for having me You know, on. I, I love to um, to do the podcast and do the interviews, but I don't take for granted, especially as a podcaster myself, I don't take for granted when someone opens up their platform to have you on. Um, and so I definitely appreciate you for that. Um, with Father's Day coming up and this being a Father's Day episode, uh, if you guys go to uh, ebooksbyejames.com, there's two ebooks that you definitely need to pick up. One is the core four, which is the core four values that every daughter should get. Uh, from her father. And then the other one is from males to men, which is a male mentoring uh, ebook that's, you know, kind of steps into them. The, what I was talking about with them, uh, the man up program. Um, so those two, you definitely want to check out um, for your fatherhood journey, you know? Um, but uh, again, you can find me at uh, dealhillfulfill.org, uh, which is, which is the website my professional website. Um, you can find information there about the podcast, um, the Deal Heal, Deal to Heal with E. James podcast, which is my current podcast, and then the new podcast that's dropping on Father's Day, which is the Girl Dad Discussions podcast, where I have discussions with, with girl dads talking about fatherhood. Um, and also, um, one thing that I that I have, one of the other books that I have available, one of the other ebooks is called uh, the four steps for giving me the four steps to self-forgiveness. And one of the things that I've been blessed to be a part of is an organization called the forgiveness mission. And with this organization, we have free virtual workshops every quarter of the year talking about forgiveness. So whenever you guys are listening to this, either one just ended or one is coming up. Right. And so you guys can take advantage of that. Um, there's great information in there talking about forgiveness, forgiveness of self, forgiveness of others, you know, what it means to forgive, why forgiveness is important to you as a person, you know. Um, and so those things are available. But again, you can find me. Um, I'm on uh, YouTube. Definitely. Um, Deal to Heal with E. James. Uh, Facebook, 
Instagram. I'm on all those places, TikTok. You know, <laughs> you can find me there. Yes. But um, if definitely if you want to have me on uh, as a podcast guest or as a speaker, because I do do, I am a, a professional speaker to go to your school organization. Just go to deal heal fulfill.org org and you'll be able to find out more about there and then you can contact me also on there to uh inquire about having me on or if you right. want to be a guest on the podcast you can go there too and let me like hey Ernest, i want to be on your podcast and we can go there too perfect um and for the father's day gifts please step away from the ties step <laughs> away from the tool sets please go ahead click the link ebooksbyjames.com please go ahead and, and go get those books um, you know um, I don't care if you get them Father's Day, Christmas, please but just please step away from the ties and the shirts uh, let's do something different um, you know what I mean, let's do something a little different and and and, and you know make that a great gift um, so again uh, much appreciation, connect with him on all his social media platforms and, and, and um, you know, he is a great person to connect with so um, thank you again for doing this. So you, you have an open invitation um, to come back on, on the show to discuss some more things. You know, whenever yes, you're doing yes, projects, whenever you got some new books, whatever you want to discuss, um, you got an open invitation. You know, I, I think uh, I kind of have a couple ideas that we can talk about offline here, you know, right, but right. <laughs> but, nev but nevertheless, um, appreciate you, man. Happy early Father's Day to, to you. Thank you. Um, thank you. And to your sons, too, that have children. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. Appreciate it. It has been another episode of Conversation of, of the Heart. As always, it is your boy T. Till. Tune in next week. Peace.